The Pacers get a great win Friday night and then a down loss on Saturday. This inconsistent team is not defending well enough and needs a second guy next to Halberton to be as good as they want to be. We'll break down all that and more with Jimmy Cook on today's Locked On Pacers podcast. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope y'all had a great weekend and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers as always. My name is Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and SI. And today, talking Pacers and the weekend that was six games in and they're three and three with two impressive wins and two down losses. Losing to the Hornets on Saturday, a big damper after a nice win Friday night against the three All-Star Cavaliers at full health. An impressive win. They had a 50-point quarter against the Hornets. Halberton had 43-25 in one quarter. The tenor of this show could have been so positive, and here we are talking about a 3-3 three and three team that really needs to get better defensively and really needs someone to consistently raise their level to Halberton's every single game maybe not quite as high as Halberns, but at least be a second threat every night and we're going to talk about all that and more with jimmy cook today including also victor Wembanyama in town tonight for the san antonio spurs all that and more coming on today's locked on pages with jimmy cook let's get right to it jimmy cook is in the house we waited until after the colts game and jimmy if i'm correct the local football team just won a game in which their offense was crap and their defense was awesome, which is not something we can say about the Pacers so far this season. Kenny Moore is the only corner worth anything (laughs) on the Colts. Two pick sixes for him, Tony. This is a Pacers podcast, so I'll leave it at that. But if you were a Colts fan and you cross over as well with the Pacers, you were enjoying yourself at least today. Probably mixed feelings, though, from the last couple for the Sirs. Yeah, back and forth. For the Pacers, 2-0 and then two losses, and then they just keep splitting. They can't get a high. They can't get too low. Weird weekend for the Pacers. Really nice win over the Cavs. All three All-Stars played for Cleveland, and they beat them. That's great. Then they lost the Hornets the very next night, right? Like, it's really hard to get a read on these guys. Something I talked about on one of last week's shows that was, like, striking to me about this team was kind of their inconsistency from game to game. And I kind of wanted to put it into text today, especially after the game Halbert just said, I'm really mad that they lost on Saturday because this show could have been 15 minutes of just like, oh my God, that third quarter was like the craziest <laughs> thing I've ever seen against Charlotte. 50 points in one quarter. They couldn't miss Halbert. They made 17 shots that quarter. Tyrese Halbert made her assist at 14 of them himself. Sure. He had 25 points in the quarter by himself. Like for a guy who has... All season been like, I'm not playing up to my standard. I feel like I'm coasting sometimes. I was like, oh my God. And then they lost. So I can't even talk about that quarter on like this huge high because there was a big down moment after that game. The thing that is like the perfect illustration of their consistency to me, right? They beat the Wizards opening night. Halburn, Halburn's been not up to what he expects early in the season. He's still been awesome. His stats look amazing, right? He was good. And then Bruce Brown had 24 points and they win. Then they beat the Cavs. Halburn was good. He had the clutch moments. Neesmith has 26 points, and they win. And when they beat the Cavs a second time, Halburn was good. And Turner had 27, and they win. And in the other three games, they haven't had someone else raise up to that level they need to have a second dude be like bending the defense and changing the game. And that's where they need some consistency. Either someone to be that guy or just playing at a level of offensive empowerment where 
someone is always going to be that guy because someone's always going to be open. That's where they've kind of fallen short to me is they haven't been able to have a, a, a number two guy every game. And the choices for them, not to say they're limited, but it's been a mixed bag at times, right? Like you look at Friday night. And by the way, I don't know if there's a segue for this, so I'm just going to force it anyway. Uh, you mentioned that you were poolside for the Friday night <laughs> in-season tournament court. Uh, I brought some sunscreen tonight. Yes! If you needed it for the pool. I figured that it could be uh, useful. Um, uh, I'm sure there'll be time to talk about that in a second. But, like, Miles Turner is your focal point for most of awesome. the game. He, he was fantastic. And ideally, if you're the Pacers, in a perfect world, in today's NBA, where you live and die with duos, that's the name of the game, right? It feels now like we've transitioned the last three or four seasons away from big threes, and it's NBA Jam once again. You just want to have all the fun you can with two guys, and then your role players or your secondary pieces will fill in the gaps. But as long as you have two guys cooking, you're going to be going places. And in an ideal world, maybe that is Tyrese Halliburton and Miles Turner. Maybe as this season continues to grow for this team, maybe that's the avenue you go. Me personally, I'd be fine if that happens. I would love in year two for it to be Benedict Matherin. I think a lot of Pacers fans want that to be the ultimate genesis for this team is you have two reliable options in Tyrese, in Matherin, and then you're able to play off as well Miles Turner and have himself a game too. But right now, to the Tyrese Halliburton inconsistencies, like, I don't know, I had a conspiracy theory tinfoil hat on for the Bulls game, and that was, I felt like he was still feeling the effects of the illness from the Cleveland game or from the night before, whenever that was. He just looked fatigued. He looked out of sorts, didn't have a great game, airballed a couple threes, and then he didn't look stellar from a scoring standpoint against the Cavs on Friday night, but he didn't need to, right? They they, they pretty much and had he hit the right? shot, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. He the hit important the one. shot. Yes. Yeah. He hit the important one. And then again on um again in the in the play in or not playing. That's gonna get me all year. In the in-season tournament. Why is it called the in-season tournament? Miles Turner why did the same just, thing in his post-game presser. Why do we not have a name for this thing? You spent millions of dollars on marketing, on designing a trophy, on court changes around the league. And it's just called the in-season tournament. The NBA Cup would sound BA too, and they just didn't do that. Well, no, but that's the name of the trophy. The trophy's called the just NBA Cup. Call the whole Cup. thing that. Anyway, that agreed. Continue. Or the chase continue. of the NBA Cup. Steal from NASCAR. I don't care. Like, just call it something where you're running for this NBA Cup. And instead of the in-season tournament, I know I'm going over the place to start with. But to your point, who is that secondary yep. relying cornerstone for this team offensively and if you don't have that answer yet then you look game by game and it's way too early to make a clear answer of what the 2023-2024 Pacers are going to be but the easy label right now is up and down inconsistent which is what they are at three and three on the season when you could probably look at a lot of different areas including against Charlotte the other night and say to yourself they could be not undefeated perhaps but they could be three games under or three games over 500 right now. And instead they're sitting trying to find a real identity on both ends of the floor. So I have lots of responses to what you just said, which is good. That means you said a lot of interesting things. Okay. Thing one, I think part of the advantage of them being such a deep team is that it doesn't have to be the same guy. Who's the number two yeah. every night. Yeah. Right. I think most likely it's miles. Like he's what's he averaging 17 a game this season. So like, he's still been really good on offense. I think he had 20 against the Hornets. 
Um, but he got his butt kicked by Mark Williams. We'll talk about that in a second. So, like, part of the advantage of their depth is that it doesn't have to be the same guy every night, right? Like, Bruce, especially in that opening night game, was like, yeah, this can happen sometimes, which is good. Um, so that is one thing is, like, I think ideally for, like, planning and <laughs> from a game planning perspective and, like, a play calling perspective, if it's the same general guy or guys, most of the time that's good. But, like, Neesmith having a 26-point game just illustrated me, like, it can be anybody on this team. Okay, think two. I don't even necessarily know that it has to be someone stepping up on offense. Like, can they have their 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 second guy have a defensive moment ever? Like, they've been their last in defensive rating this season, which isn't surprising, first of all. Like, they're just crummy on the end of the floor. Now, the Celtics game skews their numbers so bad, so dramatically. <laughs> Wait, can I, can I pause you for a second? Because I need, yes. I should be booking you on the show, by the way. I don't know if we... It did that, by the way. If you want to listen to more of me, which if you do, <laughs> Lord be with you. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> noon to three on Query and Company on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan or get your Query and Company podcast, wherever you get your podcast, the church Query and Company. I should be booking you for this question, but since we're here, would that game have been any better if Tyrese Halliburton played? And is there a way to quantify if it would have been any better? Okay, okay. I'll try to answer that. They would have lost by 35. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so, yeah, like he helps, but the I'm just Celtics maybe haven't scored that much since 1992. Like it doesn't matter who's playing. Like they were just on fire and playing best, the best basketball offensively they've played in 30 years. The Pacers <laughs> were 5 of 36 from deep. That's where he helps because he can shoot threes, right? But like they haven't made less than six threes on 30 plus attempts in seven years right so like everything went wrong in the same game it's like yeah Tyrese helps a little <laughs> well I was thinking maybe this is the hopefulness in me and as you can see I'm all in right now I got I got the city uni uh this is actually a Pacers hat uh, even though I am backwards hat guy on the regular this is a Pacers hat um so yeah I'm, I'm all in right now I guess I'm just looking at it of like maybe it's more competitive early maybe there's that butterfly effect thing we're just having him yeah. there makes it a better game um but when Dude, it's sam hauser couldn't miss yeah, like it, they just they just lost like <laughs> i know i understand i'm just I, i'm more frustrated about the long-term aspect that i don't know if this team is good defensively or better than they were a year ago i don't know and now i'm gonna have to really dig into the numbers because that 155 burger it ruins everything. everything it does it does i think there's i truly think they're slightly better defensively but it, the numbers don't bear it out yet because it's, I don't think they're good defensively. I still think they're in the bottom 10 in the league, but that I think they're quarter against the bulls. saw that firsthand. That was absolutely horrific. Yeah, they've had, they, they just had some, their bench like defends well, right? But that's not the whole game. So that's part of where I think their defensive growth is from. But like the number, miles, I, by the way, do you think miles is the best option in terms of who that second score? Well, miles be? hasn't defended that well this season. Sure. Like, this has been a strange season for Turner because he's been great on offense again. He's shooting almost 40% from deep, but his defense has not been Miles Turner defense. Yeah. And not even close, right? Like, of course, he had this, the game saving block again uh, on Jared Allen the other night. Like, that was awesome. That's the stuff Miles Turner is great at. But, like, Mark Williams just kicked his butt <laughs> on Saturday. Hey, everybody, have to take a short little break to talk to you about game time. It should be easy to buy tickets to your favorite events, not a frustrating experience. You shouldn't have to worry about when you're going to have to buy them or the price. Instead, you should know you're getting the best deal 
and have an easy time. And that's where the Game Time app can come in with their last minute tickets, their flash deals. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every event in your area. And their low price guarantee, event cancellation policy, and job loss protection make Game Time the best way to buy tickets to all your events. I used Game Time when I was in New York to buy tickets to New York Liberty Games. Super easy, super awesome experience. Got to see the view from my seat before I bought them, and it was spot on. I had a great time. The Liberty beat the Wings. It was a great experience check it out yourself their game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference that's a great deal take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time down the game time app create an account and use the code locked on nba for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account redeem the code locked on nba l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n-n-b-a for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed yeah, the defensive stat to to point to like Tyrese Halliburton's running mate doesn't have to score. Like the three losses they've had, an opposing trio has combined for sixty five plus points. Right? It, amazingly, I can't believe I'm saying this. It was Tatum, Brown, and Hauser. <laughs> Sam Hauser <laughs> in the Celtics game. It was Williams, Rozier, and Hayward Saturday night. And in the Bulls game, it was their big three: Vucevic, Levine, and DeRozan. Like if you slow down one of the three, in theory, that makes you better. They weren't beating the Celtics anyway, but like. If you slide on one of the three, you could have beat the Bulls. They easily could have beat the Hornets. They almost did anyway. So that's my second point would be, I don't even necessarily think they need their second guy to be all, all offense. The third one is you mentioned Matherin, and I think he, from a scoring perspective, he's a very natural scorer, seems like the guy. I keep seeing a lot of people saying stuff like, oh, down here, what is going on? Like, is this guy busting to something that makes sense with him starting? Isn't he doing everything that, that was hoped he could do? Like... That's not true because the hope was, and I maybe am guilty of talking about this too, was that he would add this passing element while still scoring a billion points a game and getting to the foul line a gazillion times. And that has not happened, right? But he's doing all the like passing stuff and and defending kind of well, at least on the ball. His team defense definitely still needs some work. That like is like this is exactly the step forward that I feel like Ben Mather needed to take this year, right? So the concerning part is he hasn't gotten to the line as much and the shots aren't going in. And that's a those are not like brush him off concerns. That's a big problem. Like he's basically doubled his assists per game as like fitting into the starting five. I'm kind of okay with his scoring being down right now. If it means he gets better, that's a fit like last, like if we get to 40 games in and he's still shooting 40% and averaging 12 a game. Yeah, okay. Let's call in let's call in the the problem police. But right now I'm okay there. So anyway, I had a lot of thoughts about what you just said. And I think there's a lot of ways they can get this consistency going because Halbert hasn't even been to his like expected level. He's even said that they just need someone else. One guy to be there on either end every night to be a little better, but they haven't had that. And that's why they're three and three. Do you feel like, cause this is where I'm at. I feel like that is something that, and maybe I'm more bullish on them than others. I feel like it's something that is not easily fixable, but is progressively identifiable. And by that, I mean, as you go deeper into this season, that is a clear benchmark indicator, for me anyway, of if they are a better team than they were a year ago. Not just if they're good defensively, but also if they have a clear answer with the acquisition of Bruce Brown, with what they've done from a depth perspective the last couple of years in terms of where their rotation at, and with figuring out what they want out of their second unit. I feel like we can get an answer, like a clear answer, and that would be a win for this team. I just don't know confidently right now what the answer is going to be. And if it is all year, 
it's a that they have such depth that it could be any guy on any night. That's a great problem to have. The problem is if that is the answer, you need it to be night in and night out that Tyrese is clearly your number one. Right. Every now and again, you'll get lucky. Uh, lucky's not the right word. Every now and again, things will line up like it did against the Cavs on Friday night, where Brown goes for what, like 19 to go along with what Miles did. And yeah. that that plays fine. That that'll carry you where you need to go. Buddy chipped in as well. But if they're going to have a who is the number two to Tyrese conversation, if there's not a clear-cut answer to that, I'm fine with it happening from a depth piece standpoint. Like, oh, it could be anybody any night. Look at this embarrassment of riches we have. I'm fine <laughs> if that's the answer, but it has to be Tyrese as the lead dog. And so far this year, to his credit of self-admission, he's not been that consistently on a nightly basis. Not averaging 40 a game. Like, that's what I'm asking for, but I need more middle ground for him. You're right. a man. Everyone's a critic these days, huh? Tyrese is averaging 24.2 points. No, 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 no. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I it mean, is, it is significantly skewed by 43 points. No, no, I correct. <laughs> I, I mean, there have been stretches. You're right. Where, He's like, admitted it. You're right. He, I, I'm just, again, I'm going off of his quote. I'm also going <laughs> off of the fact that illness or not ankle or not, like he didn't look great against the bulls. And, he didn't need to look great against the Cavs because everybody else stepped up. I don't know. I just want it to be clear and concise. And I think it is right now. He is their number one, but I need that solidified. If they're never going to give a clear cut answer of who is number two. That's a fair point. The other thing is like, if you're, they've, they've, you know, puffed their chest out about their depth all season and they should, they're deep. There's a lot of good camp competition, right? It's hard for them to get TJ McConnell minutes. He's a good player, but like, if depth is what makes you good or like threatening in the regular season, that's the worst playoff answer. It's a it's a good like growth answer for your team, which is good. And they're they're not a playoff thinking. I mean, they want to make the playoffs, but like they're not thinking about like playoff answers yet. But that you know, when you get to the postseason, you play eight guys, and three of the eight play ten to fifteen minutes, right? It's so like that automatically becomes less important. So like this is, is not element. the rotation that is gonna be like you know this, but just for the audience in case they're forgetting how it works in the NBA, the amount of depth that's on display is not going to sniff NBA playoff rotation. You're talking about eight, maybe nine. Jimmy, shout out to my not smart butt for six games in going, you know, let's talk about playoffs. Let's talk, let's let's, let's bring the P word into this. Let's talk about a three and three team. And what I'm always here for it. it. I'm always here for it. You want me to remind you of the bar Pacers fans? I'll remind you six seed or better. I'm not going to be mad if they make the play in. Um, by the way, I know I'm kind of derailing us, but he said this and I totally agree. Unless I, unless I got punked by an aggregator account. Oh, so you no. can correct oh, no. me on the fly. It's not bad. Tyrese Halliburton was correctly attributed with the thought of what a prize should be to win the in-season tournament. Is that right? He, he yes. He said that's Yahoo Sports. That's correct. Okay, good. We'll make sure I didn't get punked. Um, Ashton? Ashton, you here? No, he's not. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's a deep cut reference for 2000s kids. That's all it is. Uh, that the winner of the in-season tournament should get an automatic playoff spot. And I don't think that's insane. I think that might be the key to get full buy-in if you don't have it this yeah. year. I've thought about that. So here's what my... Here's what the MB, the counter to that would be is that the in-season tournament ends December 10th. So there's like four months of the season left. So if you get a playoff spot already, like you just rest your stars for months, like that it's too early. Okay, here's the season. idea. Here's so you the, have to have the midseason tournament actually be midseason to do that. Here's the modification. <laughs> well, 
Yeah, I guess February is midseason. Okay, here's the modification. You're guaranteed a spot, but it... I'm trying to figure out how to word this. It, <laughs> you, your record still matters, but let's say you go sub 500 the west of the way. If you're 10 games back of that 10th spot, it's still yours. Like, so you can't fully rest the stars, but but there's a postseason bid that you're locked into. You can do no worse than the 10th spot. Yeah, or just like pick a, pick a wins number, like 35. Sure. You got to win 35, right? That's like that's like a bad team still, but it's not embarrassing of a 35. There's a way to modify it where tanking wouldn't be further incentivized. Yeah. There's a way to make it a performance-based guarantee. I agree that the like people keep talking about we've derailed this, but that's okay. We'll get back to the basics. People keep talking about like they should reward them with a draft pick. I'm like, no. No, absolutely we, not. All these players are gonna be like, bro, if I play good, they get to draft on a <laughs> replacement's like, coming through the door. Yeah. No, thank you. I'm good. Thanks. No one's going for that. So it's gotta be cash or playoffs. And you get people can laugh at the cash for these millionaires, but like Buddy Heald was like psyched about he joked like, yeah, mortgage payment. There we go. Like <laughs> these two A guys like double their salary. Like I think the cash is actually a pretty big deal, uh, even if it's not. I just think it wouldn't get laughed at as much. I agree. The, play- modify. the playoff berth would get fans way more. Absolutely. Into, way more into it. Yes. Which I think would, would be a big success. So in that way, I think it's a good idea. But I think they'd have to modify something else as a result, which would be. Hey, that's not our that's not on our heads. That's somebody else's problem. That's we're true. just we're just coming up with the good ideas. They got to figure out how to implement it. <laughs> so they need to find some consistency. Worst defense. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Not having the number two guy, like losing that Charlotte game. I mean, you have a 50 point quarter and you lose to the Hornets at home. <sighs> Whew. That that's they couldn't score 30 any other quarters. Like that is that game is the perfect summation of their season. It's slightly better than having lost to the wizards, right? Like, like it's probably not that bad because the wizards are something. Um, last derail question. I promise. Okay. Would the wizards winning the play in tournament be the worst thing to happen to the NBA? I realize it's probably like not possible anymore, but we were discussing this on Friday show who would win the in season tournament and it'd be the worst for the optics of what the NBA wants out of this thing. <laughs> yeah. Someone awful. Like yeah. just terrible. Yeah. Like Kuzma averages 40. In the, in the season tournament. It'd be funny, it'd be funny too if the team that won was like bad in all the rest of their games, but just happened to win. <laughs> they got like, hot at the right time, baby. Yeah. They got hot at the right yeah, time. Yeah, that would be bad. I think the, the thing the NBA is the most afraid of, because like every game of the in-season tournament is a regular season game except for the championship game. That's one extra game. Yep. And and so the NBA's biggest fear is in that one game, Chris Middleton twists his ankle, six-week injury, right? And so the Bucks' regular season is now impacted by this game that only they had to play. O- ownership shuts down the NBA Cup. Like, <laughs> there's a major right. injury in that game. So that uh, beyond uh, beyond like a, the Wizards winning it, I think that's what they're the most afraid of. Okay, Pacers thing. I look. I, I have to talk about it. That third quarter was sick. Like I, I'm so mad they lost that game because it, ta- it has to. It changed the whole tenor of the show and the team because that was maybe the coolest quarter of Pacers basketball I've ever seen. They could not miss. Hal Burton took three heat checks in one quarter. (laughs) (laughs) And he made two of them. And the problem is they gave up 39 or 38. So like it it didn't actually swing the game that much. They went from down eight to up four. So 38 is the exact number. But I mean, that was, that was some of the best basketball I've ever seen (laughs) the Pacers play for 12 minutes. It was crazy. 
And it's just, it's one of those things where it frustrates you so much, whether you're covering the team, whether you're a Pacers fan, it frustrates you to see a complete performance like that. And you don't even need that on a nightly basis. If you could just get half of that, half of that doesn't need to be absolute perfection. But if you get half of that on a consistent level, my six seed or better is no longer an insane prediction. Like that's, you'd kill for that anywhere around the league. You'd kill for that. And the reason it, stinks worse in hindsight, not just because you might have lost some thunder to that other team that somehow is winning games <laughs> and it's worse than them. And why you didn't get your perfect podcast window here is because now it makes you look internally at them and say, well, that's great. They put up that 50 burger or a 50 plus, right? That's awesome. But what happened the rest of that game? Right. Why there's so much inconsistency quarter to quarter with this team? At what point does not to a playoff rotation like minutes, not to use the P word again, but there you go. But like at what point do things get condensed down and there's clear answers of who you can rely on outside right. of Tyrese? So the like we can we can be like, yay, 50 points. Like they scored 19 in the second quarter of the same game, right? Yes. Like it so it's like this, and hide as it comes, no doubt about it. Yeah. This show should have started with me going something like this. Tyrese Halberton, 25 points, six assists in one quarter. Pacers 17 for 21 in one frame. Only one guy not named Halberton missed a shot the whole quarter. What? They made they made 12 threes in one quarter. That's a real stat, by the way. They made 12 threes in one quarter in a game that they lost, right? Like that's how this show should have started. The fact they lost that game is is comic. I should I should have been running around with my Indiana sticker that I got at the state fair that has Pacers <laughs> homage that I still haven't put on the computer. I should have been just waving it. After a victory, and instead, now to their credit, Buddy Heel and Tyrese Halliburton took the podium after the game. They were crushed, right? Like that—that that is probably the most disappointed, or in the top three most disappointed I've seen them after a game, which they should be. They should have won. Uh, Halliburton got locked up on the last possession. Heard this question a lot: Should they have called timeout? No, they should not have called a timeout. Uh, you put Halliburton on the mellow ball for our last shot. Heck yeah, you take that matchup every me. time. Yeah, yeah, he blew it, no doubt. He'll admit it, but. You take that matchup every time. He's your number uh, one. He is your, he is your ace. I don't care oh, what yeah. time of year it is. I'll take that any day. I don't care. Almost don't care who it is. If he has a decent size option there and he's your playmaker, that's your answer. Great. Don't yeah. Credit to Lamelo Ball. Honestly, tough stop to make. Yep. Yeah, they should have won that game. They defended so bad they couldn't hit thirty and a quarter except for that insane third quarter. That numbers I just read to you. One more break here, guys. Got to talk to you about the awesome folks over at FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The Colts back in the win column. Three-game losing streak on. My Vikings somehow a comeback win with the new quarterback. The NFL gives you something fun and exciting every single week. And right now, new customers over on FanDuel can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's so Simple. If your team wins, that's 150 bucks. Who could not want that? If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, that deal means there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. They have a wide range of betting options, including over-unders, spreads, player props, whatever your favorites are. They've got them and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown. Kick off the NFL season over on FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Last thing we want to talk about here today, Jimmy. I don't know if you believe in alien life form or any uh, form of life beyond the human race, but tonight the San Antonio Spurs come to Indy and none other than Victor Wembanyama 
appointment viewing for myself, Jimmy. When I check NBA games every night now, if the Spurs are playing, I pick the Spurs game. I don't pick any other game. I'm watching Wembenyama. I can't freaking wait. If you haven't watched him yet and you're a Pacers fan, and I am praying, I will knock on my desk of wood right now that he plays because they're on a back-to-back. They played at 3.30 today. They lost to the Raptors. That he plays because he is unlike anything I've ever seen before. It is unbelievable. Cards on the table. I'm dealing with a little bit of a head cold. If I didn't have said head cold and need rest after my day tomorrow, <laughs> I'd be paying some money to go see him play. Of course, I've been to many Pacers games already this year, so I want to see the Surge play, but I also want to see what he looks like in person. Uh, this is, it's not fair. Like it's, it, it's, it is the quintessential 2K. I'm going to make a guy that nobody can stop. <laughs> nobody can do anything for. That's right. He's seven, four and he's my point guard. Like that's, that's what's happening here. And that was the hype all off season, all into the draft, all for the draft lottery. Tony and I, a year ago and some months before the Pacers picked Benedict Matherin, floated out there the idea of, hey, Wimby to Indy, maybe we'll get there next year. We, were, train, happen, we were early on that. We were, we were early on the train. <laughs> and then you see him. Just not even talking about what he did last night or two nights ago, but what he did to Kevin Durant and the Suns in their building twice in one week. Unbelievable. He's the, 30, the 38 was ridiculous. Oh, it was yeah. nuts. The, the picture of him standing next to KD while they were about to, to rebound the free Not throw right. was so funny. If you're a conspiracy theorist and you've ever seen Congress talking about like UFOs and like sightings <laughs> and stuff like that. And it's in San Antonio. Pictures kind of look grainy. No, 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 no. I have high quality 4K photos for you. And it's <laughs> that man standing next to Kevin Durant and making him look like a child. I was talking to Obi Toppin about him, about Wemby, like earlier this week. Like, I was almost like, no, can I, like, is it weird if I just go stand next to him? Like, with this first, I just want to, like, I think as long weird. as it's not a selfie, you're fine. I know. I'm not taking a picture. I understand. Like, I, I, when the, when the Warriors are in town, I'm like, I'm watching Steph warm up. Like, I've seen this a million times. I know he's the best shooter ever. I have a job to do. Like, I need to be asking people questions and watching stuff. Like, I'm watching stuff warm up. I'm going to do the same. Even if he's not playing, I bet he warms up. I'll watch him warm up. He's currently averaging 20 and a half points, 8.2 rebounds, and almost three blocks per game as a rookie. <laughs> and who, who is still figuring out this whole NBA thing. I mean, he's just. Who guards him? No one. No, no, no. He's playing the four. To, oh, on the Pacers? Who, who guards him tonight? Obi, probably. <laughs> well, who else could it be? I mean, the only well, guard is too small, and Miles is going to be on yeah. Zach Collins. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's got to be Obi. Wow. That's a great question, though. Like, uh, uh, <laughs> nobody. But, uh, but, the, but the thing is, this is not you asked me that question and you laughed. We're not, I'm not, you're, I don't think no, you're laughing at the answer. I, I have an idea. No, no, I have an idea. That's no so one comical. has any, there is no answer. No, no, no I have an answer, answer that's so comical okay. that it's not going to happen. Okay. Uh, switch Miles' assignment and instead put sticks in the starting lineup and put Miles <laughs> on him. <laughs> Maybe so. Well, like, but uh, like, we can laugh at the Pacers' options, but like, no team. That's every team's yeah, situation. No yeah, it's team not just it. the Pacers' joke, it's uh, every I, team's I, joke. I felt bad being so harsh. Like when the Pacers got smoked by the Celtics last week, I was like, oh, Bruce Brown can't guard Jason Tatum. Like nobody can guard Jason Tatum. And like, that's like a low level example. Like 
actually no one can guard Wembanyama because he's so tall. <laughs> Idea. McConnell just to mess with him. McConnell <laughs> in the starting lineup, just put him on Wemby and just see what happens. The the Steph Curry Wemby uh tip, <laughs> opening tip I love the preseason. That. It was a preseason game. It was so funny. Yeah, start McConnell, let him do the tip, laugh your butt off, call timeout right away. Rob Perez on Twitter has this thing going where he's tracking every Wemby tip. I saw he I lost one finally. Oh, did he lose one? Did he, he lose lost one? to Nurkic in one of the oh, Suns games? Oh, man. Dang it. Okay, then scrap it all. Never mind. He lost to Nurkic in one of the Suns games. I know. That was very funny. Wob is Wob's a big Halley fan, which cracks me up. Yeah, the it, it's it's very you know what they what was the thing they used to do in football where they're like if the team wears the wrong jerseys, they get penalized a timeout. See the other team would immediately call a timeout so it wasn't like unfair. Do yeah. that. Like do a do a gimmicky jump ball with McConnell and Wemby. The, the the whoever wins the jump calls a timeout. The other team calls a token timeout, so it's fair. Yeah. We all laugh, and then the game is played like normal. But I'm here for it. No, no, I'm serious. Put put McConnell on him for a possession. Just see what happens. <laughs> Just see what happens. What's the worst that could happen? He's gonna score. He's gonna do that on everybody. Getting maybe win. McConnell ends up with seven steals. People exactly. laugh. Exactly. He's too quick. The lateral quickness. He well, just gonna sneak behind him. People laugh about this, but like the reason Wimby's gonna have a lot of turnovers his first season is because he dribbles from so high. Yeah. That like it's kind of easy to to track the rhythm. Gravity is your friend, defenders. Gravity is your friend. Uh, th- almost four turnovers a game. That is definitely his biggest wart so far. I can't wait. I hope you guys can't wait. We're talking all about that. He can't tomorrow. shoot free throws, apparently. Is that still true? He has not been making the free throws. Would you like me to read you his percentages? Yeah. His free throw percentage is okay, to be clear. 49% from the field, 31.3% from deep, 74% from the foul. Okay, that's not bad then. Never mind. Look, look. I was telling my friends, like, I know you guys, my friends don't like basketball that much. I was like, guys, you got to watch this French kid. Like, he could be the best player. Something, <laughs> something, new friends, something, something. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and they were like, nah, I've never heard of him. And now they're like, yo, you were right. I'm like, I know. So <laughs> I'm very excited. I hope you guys are too. Tomorrow here on Locked on Pacers, we'll be talking all about it. I can't wait. It's going to be a blast. And this week, three games and four nights for the second time in a week for the Pacers. We'll have all that coverage here on Locked on Pacers. Jimmy, thank you very much. For the time on Football Sunday, that is a big ask of you. Thankfully, the Chiefs were overseas and played in the morning, so you were free at night, and they held on. Where can people find you and your work covering all of indie sports, including these Pacers? So, yes, football happened today. Yes, the Chiefs did win. I appreciate that. And the Colts also won, that other team in town. Uh, We'll talk Colts. We'll talk Pacers on 93.5107.5 The Fan all this week and every week until the end of time or until they have stopped having me do it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Cook, And again, you can hear me noon to three on Query and Company, 93.5107.5 The Fan, or join us in the break room, the company YouTube chat. You can search there on 107.5thefan.com. And then uh, my high school stuff, do a lot of that on the play-by-play side, uh, roncollymedianetwork.com for girls and boys basketball. Always enjoy doing that as well. So uh, mainly, though, if you want a rapid reaction, all that good stuff, noon to three on the fan, myself and Jake Query will be talking about Wemby for certain. You can bet there will be some bets in that regard as well tomorrow. So, You know what else I'll be talking about on 107.5 The Fan this week? The three and six football Hoosiers, baby. What a win yes. over the Badgers. First win over Wisconsin and Bloomington in like my whole life, basically. It's crazy. Those Tom Allen snaps going. Can't believe I'm happy about IU football, but we're here. Back tomorrow talking Spurs. I'm on Twitter at Tony Arties, the show at Lockdown Pacers. Thank you guys a ton for listening. See you soon.